Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, it's wheels up time. Flag City Honor Flight is flying again this year with their busiest schedule ever to make up for lost time due to the pandemic. Also this morning, to your health, March is Myeloma Awareness Month, with a spotlight on disparities in diagnosis and treatment among the African-American community. And happening around town just in time to give your place a spring refresh, the Finley Home and Garden Show has plenty of expert ideas and professional help to create your dream living space. We'll get a preview. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, March 28, 2022. Today is National Hot Tub Day. Not sure that today is the best day. And I know people with hot tubs, they go out and soak in their hot tub in all kinds of weather. But I don't know. I I just couldn't do that when it's 20 degrees outside. But I know people do. Um, And apparently that's one of the best things about having a hot tub is you can go out and get in the water when it's even when it's 20 degrees, but no thanks. Uh, it is we- Weed Appreciation Day. Celebrate however you see appropriate. Uh, National Black Forest Cake Day and National Something on a Stick Day. <laughs> National Something on a Stick Day. Like that. Uh, so some of the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Washington State has become the latest to ban gas-powered vehicles. Not immediately, but uh, residents of that state have less than eight years to make the changeover to all electric vehicles. Legislation just signed by Governor Jay Inslee bans most non-electric vehicles by 2030. The measure says all vehicles, the model year 2030 or later, that are sold, bought, or registered in the state must be electric. Which makes me wonder if they come up with a an even better alternative. For example, um, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles were all the buzz just a few years ago when we talked about alternative fuel vehicles. Hydrogen fuel cell. Um so what about those? What if those come to market? And that's kind of gone away. There's not a whole lot of talk about that these days, but for a while, that was all anyone was talking about. It. So what happens if they, because this legislation basically says, well, not basically, it does say that the all the vehicles sold, bought, or registered in the state of Washington, 2030 or beyond, must be electric. So that eliminates every other alternative form of transportation. Uh, The uh, package signed by the governor also includes funding for thousands of electric vehicle charging stations in the state. Governor Inslee says, quote, transportation is our state's largest source of greenhouse gas emissions. There is no way to talk about climate change without talking about transportation. So uh, if you're thinking of moving to Washington, uh, Washington State, which a lovely state, beautiful state, but uh, one of those things you'll want to. Make note of, I have to have an electric car. Um, and that's the thing. You can't, it includes uh, vehicles that are registered in the state. So you can't drive someplace else, can't drive over to Idaho, buy a regular vehicle, 
and then go back to Washington State and register it. Won't work either. Interesting. Uh, let's see here. It is spring break time. And uh, the state of Florida welcoming an unlikely spring break visitor. A great white shark has been recorded swimming off the Gulf Coast. His name is Scott. <laughs> well, okay. He was first tagged and released by a nonprofit marine research group in September in Nova Scotia, off the coast of Nova Scotia. And Scott has made his way to the Florida Gulf Coast. His electronic tag pings every time that the shark breaks the surface, allowing the organization to record his nearly 4,000-mile journey down the East Coast, which he covered, the distance he covered in just under 120 days. So that's moving pretty good. This is a 12-foot-long great white weighing 1,600 pounds, but they say he poses little threat to humans. <laughs> okay. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says humans are more likely to get struck by lightning than re- re- recreating the plot of Jaws. But I don't think I'd be taking any chances. <laughs> you know, when there's lightning, uh, when there's lightning in the sky, I go indoors. I don't want to be outside when there's lightning around. Same thing. Uh, maybe you have less of a chance of being bit by a shark than struck by lightning, but I don't take any chances with lightning or sharks. I, <laughs> if there's lightning outdoors, I go inside. If there's a 1,600-pound, uh, 12-foot great white in the water, I don't, I don't venture too far off the beach. Anyway, uh, this is kind of interesting story that I saw on the uh, Newswire this morning, and I thought this is one of the most uh, interesting stories of the day. We all know that eating more fruit and vegetables can help us keep the extra pounds off and improve our physical health. But for super picky eaters who simply refuse to eat their vegetables, what if they ate just one? Well, research out of London shows that even as little as a single serving of produce actually boosts mental health. Study by researchers at Leeds and York universities in the UK analyzed data from 40,000 British citizens and concluded that changes in consumption of fruit and vegetables are related to changes in mental well-being. What they found is that eating just one extra portion of produce a day has the equivalent effect on mental well-being as eight extra days of walking at least 10 minutes per month. Uh, Researchers uh, followed individuals between 2010 and 2017 assessing their well-being over the years Along with their daily intake of fruit and vegetables, the author, the authors took into consideration other factors affecting mental health, such as age, education, income, marital status, employment status, lifestyle, health, etc., etc., etc. And they say the results suggest that people who aren't eating fruits and vegetables every day, and the authors point out that the vast majority of individuals fall well short. That individuals who aren't eating fruit and vegetables every day should recognize the many benefits that doing so will bring into their lives and consider taking extra steps for a healthier diet. So, just a single serving can improve your mental health. So, there you go. Uh, Let's see. This This is maybe... This day's news of most lasting significance. This could be 
a big, big deal when all is said and done. And years from now, you can remember that you heard it here first. A 34-year-old man with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, was able to speak thanks to experimental brain implant. Let me repeat that. A 34-year-old man with ALS, which degenerative disease at one point, it takes an individual's ability to speak. But with an experimental brain implant, he was once again able to speak. The unidentified man was diagnosed in 2015, lost the ability to speak and even move his eyes. It's a muscle degenerative disease. Well, you know ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, right? Uh, He was left uh, unable to speak since 2019. And he has used this device, uh, experimental brain implant, to tell his son that he loves him, ask for a beer, and request an album by the rock band Tool. (laughs) And as soon as he requested Tool, they said, take the the implant out. Take the... Better when we can. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but that is amazing stuff. An experimental brain implant and giving an ALS patient the restoring their ability to speak. That is crazy. Or to communicate anyway. I don't know that he was speaking, but he was communicating uh, with his family. So that's pretty amazing stuff. Reversing some of the effects of ALS. Who knows where that might lead might lead to. And we have a follow-up. Uh, of an item that we told you about uh, about a week and a half ago, if memory serves. You remember the story of the dog that was adopted from an animal shelter in North Carolina and then returned to the animal shelter. The uh, family that adopted him uh, returned him because they said the dog was gay. The dog had uh, tried, apparently, to uh, mount another male dog which at the time we we're talking, this is typical dog behavior. Um, it has nothing to do with sexuality. It's uh, something animals do naturally to establish dominance. Uh, sometimes even it's something they do out of excitement, but uh, not that kind of excitement. But anyway, the uh, couple that returned the dog to the animal shelter uh, caught it uh, humbling another male dog. And so... That must mean he was gay, and they don't want gay dogs. They took it back to the shelter. Well, follow-up after the plight of this dog uh, spread like wildfire on social media. Soon after, another couple has stepped up to take in the abandoned animal. And yes, it is a gay couple. Steve Nichols and John Wynn, who have been a couple for nearly 35 years, say they recall facing the same type of bigotry that they're soon-to-be-pet, unfairly experienced, and that's why they felt they had to give the dog a loving home. So there you go, a follow-up to the story. And uh, I'm glad it has a happy ending there. There you go, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. This is ONN. 
I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Four people, three of them children, were killed in a car crash near Wasion, west of Toledo, late Saturday night. Troopers say a 21-year-old man who survived failed to yield at an intersection and hit a car with five people in it, killing everyone but the driver. Candidates for some of the statewide races for the May primary are debating today and tomorrow on the campuses of Wilberforce and Central State Universities. Bennett Haberly with ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus reports. The Ohio Debate Commission will host three debates over the next two days. Monday, you'll hear from the U.S. Senate Democratic candidates at 11 a.m. U.S. Senate Republican candidates will face off at 7, and the Ohio gubernatorial Democratic candidates will wrap up on Tuesday night. By the way, the gubernatorial Republican debate was canceled. That debate was called off after Governor Mike DeWine declined to participate in it. Drama continues over the Ohio Redistricting Commission's struggle to come up with new legislative maps that are not gerrymandered in favor of Republicans as the May primary election draws closer. Federal judges requested to help in the struggle have proposed reducing the early voting period to keep the May 3rd primary alive. The group has asked Republican Secretary of State Frank LaRose to determine if such a change would be illegal. The Ohio Redistricting Commission must also consider adopting new state house maps sometime today. Three previous sets were found unlawful by the Ohio Supreme Court. Eric Brown, ONN News. And I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Now we get into our cover story this morning. You probably heard the news last week. Flag City Honor Flight is going to be flying again this year after uh, having all but shut down uh, during the pandemic. Uh, They've got a very busy schedule to make up for lost time. And Bob Weinberg is with us uh, here from uh, Flag City Honor Flight. You pretty much did shut down i mean did you do a, a bus trip uh, in the past couple of years no, or anything so no, done nothing done nothing yeah so. so uh covid shut us down completely in 2020 and when i mm-hmm. mean completely uh, honor flight national closed its doors or stopped during that yeah. pandemic so we fly underneath that under that umbrella yeah so we couldn't fly in 20 at all yeah in 21 they did open the the flight season mid-august so we had planned last year two flies. We set up a couple of flights for I, I was September. Say, I, I seem to remember uh, talking about that. Oh, hey, we're going to get yeah. back up and running. But then it didn't work. Yeah. So, so the Delta variants came mm-hmm. and the wheels kind of fell off the buses and, and the aircraft. And Again. veterans got nervous. So did everyone else. Mm-hmm. So we canceled our season. Flag City Honor Flight canceled their season last year, like a lot of hubs did. But some hubs did fly. And we learned a little bit from them as to what they had done differently, their protocols throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, things have relaxed, at least right now, right. with COVID. Uh, and so has National. National has has relinquished their protocols and have put it back on the uh, individual hubs to decide how they're going to I fly. See. I see. So what will the protocol be uh, for the uh, flights this year? Well, right now, the government says you are, masks are required on aircraft and right. on, on transit buses, that type of thing. So that's what we're going for right now mm-hmm. is that, you know, we have masks for everyone. Uh, we'll have to wear uh, right now. We'll have to wear masks for uh, aircraft as well as the buses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're looking at things like um, our gatherings in the morning. Maybe it won't be as big, although we do want to have the veterans fed uh, in the morning before we take that long journey because it is a long day and we mm-hmm. got them up early. Right. Uh, our welcome home may be a little bit smaller uh, instead of getting a thousand people in the hangar. But quite honestly, what we've heard from other hubs 
last year how they flew. They didn't change that too much. So we'll we'll play it as the government says we have to. Yeah. Hopefully in April that may go away. Yeah. Hopefully there's not another variant coming. So mm-hmm. we're just excited about getting back in the air. Yeah, especially since and and this is something we talked about uh, over the course of the pandemic. Uh, obviously, time is of the essence here, and so any delay uh, is uh, really you want to avoid that if at all possible, and obviously unavoidable over the past couple of years. But because of the time factor here, now you're kind of making up for lost time, and that's what we're trying to do. So the interesting thing, or the big news this year, is we're actually adding another flight. So we haven't flown in two years, mm-hmm. and and we've flown since 17 with two flights each year. This year, we're going to put that third flight on. So we're going to be flying on June 7th, on September 13th, and our third flight's going to be November 1st. So they're all going to be flights this year. Again, all flights. I know we've uh, had bus trips uh, in the past. The, the best uh, option, though, is is the flight. I mean... You know, it's a two-hour, what, a two-hour flight versus a 10-hour bus drive. So, I mean, like to fly them when you can. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, four days on the bus trip, you know, a day to get there, a day to get back. Yeah. So, that's a four-day trip with COVID, all of those things. We're thinking, well, maybe that's not the right thing to do. Right. Plus, we we service a lot more veterans per flight than we would on a bus trip. Mm-hmm. So, we're trying to get that accomplished. And over the course of the past couple of years, even though you weren't uh, flying, I know still fundraising and uh, doing all uh, of that. Talk about that process over the uh, past couple of years and where you are financially to be able to pull all of this off. Well, uh, our corporate sponsors have have donated, have uh, uh, donated over those last uh, two years. Last year, we did our fundraisers, our uh, ja- uh, night jazz, mm-hmm. uh, reunion band, uh, those kind of things. So we have had money coming in, but we also haven't spent money in the last two years because right. we haven't flown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, by the way, that cost has gone up substantially also in Obviously. the last two years. Yeah. So it's going to take more money going forward. Mm-hmm. But that machine has to start again also. Uh, we We were pretty silent over the last two years because the the 5013s in our community in our area uh there are a lot of people depending on them mm-hmm. and we weren't necessarily a dependent we weren't giving food and shelter to people right. we were flying to yeah. to veterans to washington so we took a little bit of a back seat to all of that we have to get that machine moving and get all of the volunteering going again and 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 that type of thing because for anyone who is unfamiliar the trip itself is at no cost to the veteran that's correct that's correct. It's it's free to the veterans. We do ask for a donation from our uh, uh, guardians, mm-hmm. uh, but we yeah we're five hundred one three, so we we depend on that money coming in to keep this thing going. And so, how do folks support Flag City Honor Flight? Well, the best way to support us is just go to our website, and you can find uh, how to volunteer. You can obviously we have uh, applications there for the veterans uh, to sign up and get on board mm-hmm. uh, we also have uh, applications for volunteers to fly and ways to volunteer just at, for the organization help the organization that's what i was going to ask uh you know with respect to first of all the veterans uh you still have space on these uh, flights again a bit of a backlog uh over the uh, past couple of years from folks who uh, either were planned to be on a flight or were hoping to get onto a flight so now and kind of work through the the backlog there i would imagine exactly so the people that were supposed to fly in 20 and have moved to 21 mm-hmm. and the ones that were supposed to fly last year have moved 
moved to that first flight this year and into the second flight also. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to notify all those people again. We have to make sure they're still out there. They're still physically able and capable of, of flying. Yeah. Uh, and then for any remaining seats, uh, the application process is what? Is, is the same. Fill out the it's application, just... the veteran and, and the guardian application. Okay. Uh-huh. We do have a backlog of veterans, obviously. We have a waiting list, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, n- not too many on that World War II list anymore. Yeah. In 2019, our last year we flew, we had, I think, 20 World War II veterans on the first flight, 25, 24 veterans, World War II veterans on the second flight. Mm-hmm. I think this first flight in June, I believe there's two or three World War mm. II veterans. So yeah. it, you know, it's those, hard to get a hold of those people, yeah. obviously. Those numbers are dwindling very oh, quickly. Yes, yes. Yeah. and a lot ha- we've lost a lot over the last two years. Which just underscores the importance exactly. of uh, all of this. And, of course, uh, beyond World War II, moving into uh, Korea and uh, even Vietnam, yeah. number of those uh, veterans getting up there in age as well. They are. And uh, then each veteran has a guardian, and that's another way folks can uh, volunteer uh, to escort the veterans uh, on their special day, and I know that is a tremendous. If you ask anyone who's ever done it, it is. A, I, I don't want to overstate this, but it can be a, a life-altering experience. Yes, I say that a lot. I say it's a life-changing event for the guardians, uh, particularly the veterans too. Uh, mm-hmm. But we find out from a lot of the guardians and family members are also guardians that will come back and and say, we didn't know what grandpa did. We didn't know what uh, yeah. grandma or, or dad did during during the war years. And, mm-hmm. and this has brought it out. He's talking about it. Yeah. So. It doesn't have to be a family member. It can be just uh, anyway, you can be paired with a complete stranger that becomes uh, all uh, like a family member by the time the yep. day is done. Absolutely. That's why I get on that website and get that application for a guardian and, and come fly. Yeah. And, and you'll get hooked. So <laughs> the so the first uh, flight is in June, you said? June 7th. So what is the uh, – is that is that pretty much set with veterans and guardians and all of that? Have we got that set? What – Kind of give deadlines or dates or yes, you know, I'm going to say of- I'm going to say yes uh, be, because of the overflow because of what happened in the last two years. Right, uh, those same people are going to be asked to do it again, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if they can't, then obviously we're going to put some new people into those seats. Right, but primarily the June seventh is probably pretty close to being being full okay. with the same people from last year. But it's not it's not too early to, yeah. talk, to be talking about September. Yeah. That happens really Absolutely. Quick. So, uh, but the, the, the point being is that uh, if you're hearing this, want to volunteer, be looking at probably September. So look at your calendar, see if that's something that you can swing, exactly. get a hold of the folks at uh, Flag City Honor Flight. And again, you can do that all uh, online. There's a lot of uh, information yes. uh, on that. You know, over the years... And again, it's something that we've talked about before. There have been a number of uh, Honor Flight uh, chapters that have closed up shop. Flag City Honor Flight, obviously not one of those. It's been one of the most successful anywhere in the country. What do you think that is? Well, I think it's because of the people that, that are working for Flag City Honor Flight. You were all volunteers, but the, the board and uh, – does a great job. This isn't Bob Weinberg doing this. There's mm. a lot of people yeah. that that just jump in and volunteer and help. And then all of those guardians get involved also and start spreading the word to their neighbors and their friends and their family members how how what a great cause it is and mm-hmm. people get involved. 
we will continue until there's not a veteran left. <laughs> At least that's what we're going to try to do. We yeah. want to get them all there. Obviously, some don't, some can't, um, but we're trying to get them all there. Again, uh, Bob Weinberg with uh, Flag City Honor Flight. Going to be a very busy schedule uh, this year to make up for lost time, and that is a good thing. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information on how you can help make it happen for the veterans of our area. Bob, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We've been talking a lot about health topics over the past couple of weeks because there are quite a few awareness campaigns in the month of March, among them Myeloma Awareness Month, with a particular emphasis on the disparity among the African-American population. Byron Daly is not only a myeloma survivor, is also community outreach manager for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Byron, talk about the prevalence of this type of blood cancer in the African-American community as compared to the population in general? Yeah, sure. Um, my, myeloma can be diagnosed in anyone. It's, uh, it's a non-discriminatory condition. Um, it's just so happens that over the past 30 years, the profile of uh, a patient has shifted in terms of the, the rate of diagnosis. Um, 30 years ago, was, is more, you saw more middle-aged white men, uh, typically in their 70s, who were diagnosed with this disease. And uh, until recently, now you're seeing, you know, 50 to 55-year-old black males. We don't really know what, where that disparity comes from other than, you know, some uh, very varied sources such as environment, uh, diet, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, not going to a doctor as often, uh Right, not being you know maybe some bias somewhere in the in the system, um, so it could be a, a combination of all those factors as well. Not so much um, emphasis on you know hereditary or genetic. I didn't have any anybody in my family that I could identify as having cancer, so mm-hmm. it was a shock when I was diagnosed. Yeah, and uh, as a result of, or uh, I would guess because of your experience, that kind of led you to. Uh, join LLS and and in particular in support uh, in support of the Myeloma Link Initiative. Talk a little bit about this uh, this program, its importance, and how uh, it aims to reach these communities uh, for whom the the message is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So I was exposed to LLS um, while I was going through treatment. Uh, one of the staff members of my oncologist's office uh, shared information. Um, that was reputable and and really took some of the guesswork out of going to Google and trying to figure it out yourself. Um, and I, I discovered that, you know, just a plethora of, of information that was very helpful during my treatment and convalescence. Um, they've got what's called an information resource center where you can call in and they have staff members that are uh, clinically trained. Um, they have nurse navigators that will help you with um you know, as a patient and as a caregiver, just understand how to navigate the journey. We've got plenty of documentation uh, to share, uh, people you can speak with, nutritionists on staff to help you uh, learn how to eat right during treatment, um, people who can help you navigate the nuances of side effects. You know, if you're on chemotherapy, chances are you're going to be emotionally um, compromised. And so, you know, some people are actually, they go into depression and 
that resource is there. Uh, they can help you, you know, guide you through that. Um, they can also help you with um, cost expense reimbursement. If you have to travel outside of your region to get treatment, which many people do, um, they can help by reimbursing you for travel, lodging, parking, etc. cetera. Uh, they have scholarships for students uh, who are diagnosed with blood cancer. Um, so, and they also they do quality research and advocacy on a, on a um, uh, government level by helping to influence uh, laws and things that are favorable to, to patients and caregivers. It's so important, I think, to uh, underscore what you're talking about, that beyond just the awareness uh, part of it, uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society supports not only patients, but also families and caregivers uh, that are affected by all types uh, of blood cancer. It's not limited to just one type uh, either. I mean, it is a full uh, compendium of, of uh, services absolutely. that are uh, that are provided here. That's exactly right. You, absolutely. And um, you mentioned the Myeloma Link um, initiative. Uh, that was a that was designed in direct response to in 2017 to um, you know the disparity in healthcare that we face you know with other critical diseases being you know like kidney kidney disease, uh, diabetes, sickle cell, so forth. Where there's a, there's a disproportionate uh, amount of diagnosis among Black Americans, and because LLS operates in, this, in the blood cancer space, um, they wanted to directly uh, address that by launching the Myeloma initiative in 2017. And it currently operates in 13 cities, uh, mainly uh, African-American communities, where we conduct outreach programming through partnerships with churches, uh, other entities, uh, face-to-face. We're, we're actually starting to do more face-to-face now that COVID is subsiding mm-hmm. uh, so that we can be present where the, the members of the community are and just educate them on the resources that are available and also how to self-advocate and help close that gap just by being aware. Making a difference in communities of color. Byron Daly, again, is a myeloma survivor and community outreach manager for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. As we mentioned, March is Myeloma Awareness Month. Uh, Where do folks learn more about the Myeloma Link uh, program and uh, more of the services that you mentioned and support uh, for those who are going through what you went through? Sure. For uh, anyone who's interested in learning about LLS, um, go directly to LLS.org. For the Myeloma Link program, LLS.org slash myeloma, M-Y-E-L-O-M-A dash link. And you can also call directly at 844 955 link. Byron, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a good morning. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Not a whole lot of uh, dumb criminals in the broken news today, but uh, quite a few um, eyebrow-raising stories here. So, at a wedding in Santiago, Chile, (laughs) everyone got baked eating uh, this wedding cake, or should we say weeding cake. 29-year-old Alvaro Rodriguez spiked one tier 
of his sister's six-layer magical wedding cake with marijuana. (laughs) It had the predictable result. He documented uh, the uh, guests at the nuptials absolutely losing their minds (laughs) and sharing the video to TikTok which has racked up over 14 million views now. He told uh, local news reporters it was all in good fun. The funniest reaction, he said, was his aunt. Um, she said uh, she'd been suffering from back pain, but a couple of hours after eating the cake, her pain disappeared and she was up dancing like a teenager. <laughs> uh, by the way, they uh, did say that everyone was made aware uh, of the... Uh, the spiked layer, and uh, after the cake was cut, it was kept separate from the other parts. It was only served to adults. Uh, he insisted that children were not allowed to eat the uh, <clears throat> adult layer of the cake. Apparently, the bride herself uh, was in on the joke and uh, had a good experience with the magic cake. <laughs> All righty then. <clears throat> Been quite a scene there. <laughs> Anything for your social media views, I guess. Uh, let's see here. This is a crazy uh, story. A very unusual delivery at the labor and delivery center at a local Florida hospital, Beaches OBGYN, a labor and delivery delivery center at Baptist Medical Center in Jacksonville Beach. Uh, say they uh, in a Facebook post. They uh, had a no most unusual delivery when a mother duck hatched her eggs in the courtyard <laughs> of the labor and delivery center. Well, I guess if you're going to uh, hatch your eggs, that's <laughs> the place to do it, right? Uh, the uh, staff escorted the mother duck and her 10 ducklings through the building after the eggs were hatched in the delivery center's fenced-in courtyard. They said the uh, ducks had to walk through the building to get out of the courtyard, which does not have an exit to the uh, outside it's an enclosed courtyard they said uh, the sweet story had everyone quacking up quacking up <clears throat> ready they made a six-week uh, follow-up visit appointment with the uh, mother duck ducklings <laughs> you heard the uh, story of the oscars right will smith uh, got uh, a lot of attention for uh, not holding anything back uh, he was uh, not appreciative of one of Chris Rock's uh, jokes on stage and didn't hold anything back. Meanwhile, in Brazil, a singer there, famous uh, singer, hospitalized for holding too much back. Apparently, Vivian de Queiroz Pereira, who goes by the stage name Poca, shared a series of videos of herself in the hospital and revealed that she had suffered severe abdominal pain. It turns out the cause was not allowing herself to pass gas in front of her significant other. She was holding in her farts. She said, I woke up at 530 in the morning with severe stomach pains, ended up in the hospital. But that's it, guys. I'm I'm fine now. Just an accumulation of trapped gas. Moral of the story, she says, girls, don't be ashamed to let it rip in front of your guy. (laughs) From now on, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. She said. Alrighty then. Um, 
this is an unusual theft in uh, suburban St. Louis, Chesterfield. Uh, police there say they are trying to identify the suspect or suspects connected to a series of thefts of perfumes and colognes at a number of uh, high-profile uh, shops. Thefts of perfumes and colognes. That's all they, they steal. Somebody's been breaking in, stealing perfumes and colognes. Uh, the thefts so far have totaled over $50,000. Uh, police are uh, trying to track down the criminals working on getting a list of all of the stores that have been victimized. So, somebody comes up to you on the street and says, hey, you want to buy some Chanel number no. five? <laughs> we got your we got your cologne right here. I got your old spice. We got your brute. We got your. Yeah, <laughs> it could be hot uh, cologne, but fifty thousand dollars. I guess those things are expensive. I guess it's. And I would imagine pretty easy to rip off because they're in very small bottles, very expensive small bottles. It's, uh, crazy. And finally, in the uh, broken news, this is a very sweet story. I love this story in the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side. It's sad that something this sweet is unusual, but a fifth grade class in Indiana is aiming to spread a little happiness with a special hotline that they have set up entitled, When Life Gives You Lemons, Call a Fifth Grader. <laughs> Cheryl Ken Lakin, who teaches fifth grade class at uh, Milford School in Wawasee, Indiana, says she came up with the idea for the phone line when her class uh, came up with the idea for the phone line with her class after reading about a similar project by a California kindergarten class. The world, she says, is really chaotic. It's kind of dark these days on the news. It's hard to find a good news story to share with kids right now. She said, I want to teach my kids to be positive and do good things for others. And this just seems like a really easy way to get children thinking about the well-being of other people. The phone line offers five different options in English and Spanish, including jokes, advice, and inspirational quotes. There is also a feature for callers who simply want to get a taste of fifth grade education. Uh, The number to call if you are interested in uh, calling up the... When Life Gives You Lemons, call a 5th grader hotline, 574-832-4965. 574-832-4965. You're welcome. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. To this update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Agriculture is a big deal in the Buckeye State. That's why WFIN keeps you informed throughout the day with reports on Ohio's largest industry. This is Dale Menyo from the Ohio Agnet. We start your weekday mornings at 5.30 and 7.35 with that day's farm news. Then a midday update at 10.45, markets at 11.15, and the closing numbers weekday afternoons at 5.45. Stay up to date with the latest agricultural information weekdays on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. New poll finds 7 in 10 parents fear that their kids are becoming internet zombies. (laughs) This is a a poll of 2,000 parents in the U.S., Commissioned by Lightspeed Systems, it's an online safety company. 
Find 64% of parents concerned about how much time per day their child spends online. And I would venture to guess it's probably even higher than that, 64%, because that is a widespread concern. 71% say that they trust their kid to surf the Internet unsupervised. 25% believe a youngster should be in their teens before they can do so. 68% believe their child will see something inappropriate online if they're not being supervised. 71% say they think it can happen while their kid is at school or researching their homework. And again, I would have to agree. I mean, that uh, dangerous stuff is out there everywhere online. Pretty easy to just stumble upon it sometimes. 39% of parents in this poll say that they worry their young ones will accidentally access stuff that is inappropriate. 43% fear a stranger reaching out to them while they're online, which actually is much less common than what the perception is. I mean, it does happen, but it's not as common as what you might uh, believe. You still have to be on guard for it. To that end, 40% of respondents say they've either set parental controls on their child's internet access or they ask to see what their kid has been doing. 38% of parents say they conduct random checks on their children's browser history. 37% have their kid turn in their internet-accessible devices at bedtime. Just turn them over, hand them over to mom and dad, so that they don't try and sneak them into the bedroom at night when they should be sleeping. Uh, Parents in the poll believe that their kid's aren't always honest about what they are doing online. 49% say that they have caught their kids on social media when they were supposed to be doing homework. And 63% say their kids use school research, quote-unquote school research, as an excuse to get back online. So, again, for parents, uh, you can see how, how much of that do you identify with and commiserate with uh, from that poll? And it just underscores something that I've said. And a lot of parents of kids who are now adults, uh, adult children have said, man, I'm glad we didn't have to deal with this when I was raising my kids, when my kids were that age. Well, we're trying to think spring mother nature is not necessarily cooperating here in between you know, March Madness and Spring Baseball and you know, all of those things. We're trying to think spring. And just in time to give your place a spring refresh, the Findlay Home and Garden Show is back with plenty of expert ideas, professional help to create your dream living space. Chad Mullins is here. Uh, we were just talking before we went on the air. How long has it been since uh, Findlay has had a home and garden show? And it's been a number of years. So... Yeah, we're glad to um, to be here. Uh, we've got a lot of good comments from our vendors that are saying, hey, we're glad it's back, too. We've yeah. missed it. It used to be one of the top shows in the area, or right. was the top show in the area. And yeah. They're all excited about being back to the, the Cube. It is, uh, it is good news. Now, this is coming up here in a couple of weeks, right? Yes, it's April 8th, 9th, and 10th okay. on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's, uh, Friday is 4 to 9, Saturday is 10 to 7, and Sunday is 11 to 5. And just like uh, has has been in the past, people will, will remember, is really just about anything and everything imaginable for your home and garden and everything else. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to say we'd like to thank our sponsors, too. Uh, the Basement Doctor, uh, Hempy Water, and Be Safe Security. 
Along with them, we've got if you're doing your bathrooms, your roofing, your siding, new windows, it's all going to be there. They'll have their products on display, and you know you can sit and get their ideas. And it's always nice to look stuff up on the internet, but mm-hmm. at the show you can actually see it, see it, feel it, you know, touch it, and mm-hmm. it gives you that, that warm feeling. Yeah, and talk with uh, with the experts one on one. You know, kind of give them your ideas, bounce ideas off people, and and all of that. So. Uh, it's i know it's something that everybody uh, looks forward to yeah and then we on saturday we got something a little bit special uh it's uh children's day okay and we've got uh a 14 foot uh dinosaur there that's going to be moving around and and get a lot of good information for the kids and uh that's violet it's a 14 foot uh raptor and uh her shows will be at 11 30 one thirty and three thirty, and that's all for the children. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. It's not something you see every day, so <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, great, uh, great fun for the entire family. And uh, we were talking uh, again before we went on the air. The response has been uh, just terrific. Yes, it has. Uh, you're going to be. We've got all kind of exhibitors there, and also if you've uh, get to that age where you're wanting to sell your house and. And move on and, and get you a motorhome and live in that. We've also got a few of those there to, to show you also. Well, that's awesome. I know that has been, that actually, I kind of chuckle about that, but there have been a number of people, oh, yeah. that, especially during the uh, pandemic, uh, become sort of uh, nomads and uh, yeah. discover that, uh, you know, having a home on wheels ain't such a bad deal either. No. And then if you're having trouble with your flowers or you want information on your uh, flowers, we've got the Hancock Master Garden, Hancock County Master Gardeners um, Association is going to be there to answer your questions about, you know, how to take care of your flowers, when to plant them, what to plant. If you've got insect problems, how to take care of that also. Yeah. So, again, uh, everything for your home and garden inside and out. And uh, you're coming up in a, a couple of weeks. This is a huge uh, undertaking. Did you realize when you uh, first uh, you know started to put this together and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna re uh, restart the uh, Finley Home and Garden Show"? Just how big of a <laughs> job what? this is to put together? Yeah, it's uh, it, it has been, but you know the response has been really good. You know, mm-hmm. I've been in business doing this for over fifty years, mm-hmm. and um, we do some other home shows down in Dayton, where I'm from. And, okay, but we're just really glad and. People up here, the response has just been outstanding. Yeah, terrific stuff. Uh, so give us the uh, details again. This is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yes, it's April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Okay. And it's on Friday, 4 to 9, Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 5. Admission is only $5. Okay. Uh, children 12 and under is free. Free parking just makes it real convenient to, to get in there and this is all happening out at the out of the cube at the cube yes okay uh how many uh vendors and i know you, you were saying that uh you just got about got all of the vendor space filled how many not to put you on the spot but uh we're at um i always count everything in booths we're at probably over 100 booths okay so uh and, you know a lot of the, a lot of good vendors yeah so and we have vendors taking multiple booths you know we got some of them taking right you know one two four six eight ten yeah. booths so you're going to see some nice displays yeah so there are going to be a lot of things there yes. whatever it is that you're thinking for your yes. uh, spring spruce up uh yes. there'll be something there to to help out yes uh we've got a link up on our web page for more information uh you have a, a website uh, yes it's the finleyhomeshow.net 
or the finleyhomeandgardenshow.com. Either one. And I, I suppose we should also mention, just for the benefit of uh, business owners who uh, may be listening, you still have some space yes. available? Yes, okay. we still have space available. Okay. Uh, so, you know, if you haven't gotten in yet and you want to get in and be part of this event, you know, go to our website, our phone number, email us from there. And okay. Uh, glad to help you. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, all of that information is on the website as well. Okay, so circle that on your calendar uh, at the Cube, the uh, Findlay Home and Garden Show with all of the uh, expert ideas and professional help to create your dream living space. Again, uh, Chad Mullins with us this morning. Chad, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. Tomorrow on the program, between big money NIL deals and the crushing pressure put on young players, are college sports in crisis? And who's really to blame? It's a candid conversation with the NCAA athlete turned author of Surviving the Second Tier. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.